whole conversation about consuming liquor up your butt. Oh, oh, yeah. And then I can't you were remember. like, it was a whole cinnamon stick. And I was like, and that's how Cletus drank it. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey I was, baster. I was in the kitchen for that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even need a baster because it was a stick. I just stuck half of it in there and then tore it off, like broke it in half. It's amazing. If you stick something in your butthole, mm-hmm. your butthole kind of like grabs it and sucks the rest of it in. Just ask Charles Barkley about that. Uh, pull over and try it. Yeah. <laughs> But cinnamon, it will leave, I guess, some very cinnamon. You will have a farts. nice floral fart, you know. Yeah, cinnamon floral. Yeah, yeah cinnamon floral. Yeah, cinnamon fart crunch. I Sponsor hate this us. entire tangent so much, <laughs> like more than I usually hate them. <laughs> but you know what? It's not dick jokes, so you're welcome. <laughs> We've come from afar, bringing tales from before. Old dragons drink bourbon, but we three drink more. Welcome back to Dragons Drink Bourbon. I'm Ella. I'm Cletus. As for me, I'm Bobby. Davis. Junior. All right. So I guess... We'll mix it up a little today. Since we have a theme drink, I'm going to announce the topic, and then we'll tell you what we're drinking, because I think that might make more sense, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I should probably think this through ahead of time. Nah. We don't do that. We just hit record. It works <laughs> wonders for editing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ella just cried. <laughs> anyway, we're on our, our February episodes. We're finally back on schedule, so That's right. go us. And for the month of romance, what is more romantic than a starry sky and a full moon? And who really loves a good full moon? That's right, werewolves, on brand, on theme. Let's go. (laughs) I tried. I tried to make it work. We're doing two episodes of werewolves in February regardless, so you don't have to like it. Figured every time we said werewolves. Full moon February. <laughs> so now we can announce our theme drink, which Miles found with a bit of research. I pulled over and I Googled this. This drink is called Midnight Moon Moonshine, specifically apple pie. So I guess the brand is Midnight Moon Moonshine, and this particular drink is apple pie to be specific. It is produced and bottled by Piedmont Distillers Incorporated. All the way out of Madison, North Carolina. It's made with juiced apples and cinnamon. So kind of like an apple pie feel to it. It is best served straight. No judgment. Or on the rocks. Or also with a splash of ginger ale, which we don't have to try. But uh, let us know if you do that at home, how that turns out for you. We have ginger beer. Probably not. That would be good. That would be good. (laughs) I love some ginger beer. This is uh, a 70 proof, as it says, and it is 35% alcohol by volume. So, drink up. Me hearties, yo-ho. Kids. I was going to say that. All gingers think alike. Over it's a hive mind. It is a hive mind, but you got to cut that because we don't want people to know. Mm. The meme sold us out. That's One fair. ginger got cocky and made way too many memes, and now the general populace knows no, way that, too much. See, that was a CIA psyop to make <laughs> us yeah. re- reveal ourselves. Yeah. 
I got people counting my freckles to try to figure out what a threat I am. Threat level Cobra. But we started off pouring our uh, first drink over ice by the, the recommended straight. Maybe maybe we'll try some ginger beer in the second one. I don't Ooh. know. There was a whole stick of cinnamon in the jar. Yes. It made us feel quite fancy. And then Ella remembered she doesn't really like cinnamon. Oof. Was a whole stick of cinnamon in there. Right. We've been gnawing on it. We also, uh, not themed, made smoothies that does not complement the apple pie moonshine. Yeah, but I'm they doing exist. A palate cleanser right now. They're very horrific. Jump in, but it was it was very good. Mm. Might I say this moon, midnight moon moonshine is very good. It's very sweet. Very sweet. It's very cinnamon. Yes, I am not mad at it. It feels like I am drinking something very fall seasonal every time mm-hmm. the smell hits me as I raise the glass to my face. It's got like a pumpkin spice type feel to it fall only apple thing well then we know what to get for next fall yeah more werewolves <laughs> got it yes. i have them on back order don't you worry <laughs> but maybe it's the ice i'm also getting like a watery kind of thing too so maybe it's the ice melting we did let a d20 ice cube melt almost completely <laughs> before <laughs> tasting it we're gonna start this episode with a content warning because the details in our stories today get a little extra gory. So, highly disturbing in nature. Not for the faint of heart and all that jazz. I'm just going to throw it out there because it is a little bit excessive later. According to the Oxford Dictionary, which is, of course, the first recommendation to pop up on Google, a werewolf is defined, in myth or fiction, as a person who changes for periods of time into a wolf, typically when there is a full moon. Lycanthropy. Mm. I assume most of us know that definition or can guess it, but I am thorough. And if I assume, then I make a mule out of miles. Or just out of you. That's how I've heard it. I'm used to being an ass, so. Merriam-Webster tells us that. uh, But she was a woman, so we don't have to listen to her. She's a witch. That the <laughs> word werewolf <laughs> comes from the Old English werewolf, but spelled W-E-R-W-U-L-F, um, which is were meaning man and wolf meaning wolf. Well, I heard that the term werewolf came from Old England mm-hmm. when the dudes were going out at night. They'd be like, where the wolf's at? Talking about hoes. Yeah. They'd be like, where do, where do wolves at? Right here, right here, right here. That's what they would, that's the response that the women would. Uh, right. It's like listening to Chaucer. Yes. <laughs> you know. So anytime you're out, you know, locally with your friends, your boys or ladies, you know, just yell out where the wolves at and you'll get a response. Yeah. Or they aren't there. Or, <laughs> or that. <laughs> Many cultures and countries across the world have legends about people who change into savage wolf-like creatures. Mm. Often these people were thought to, again, keep their human shape during the day. I've gathered some summaries of, like, the earliest contexts in some of those different cultures in which werewolves or something similar pops up. So, a lot of them are... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Mr. <laughs> Mr. McMahon, please. <laughs> Got the slogan going on over there. <laughs> In Norse mythology, you'll find warriors known as berserkers. The term berserker is believed to be derived from, like, an old Norse word uh, made up of bera, which is bear, and serk, which is shirt or coat. So. Bear coat. I never knew that. But yeah. I did know they wore animal skins and they were, would take hallucinogens and think they turned into that animal in battle. Well, unfortunately, I imagined night. a warrior and, like, a pink t-shirt with a bear logo on it. I just imagined bears. Fighting in battle. Like like big burly like caveman fighting in oh. battle. Just yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm becoming a bear. They would scream and then they would just. For McMahon! <laughs> <laughs> For House McMahon. These lovelies are sometimes interpreted as having the ability to transform into wolves or bears for the general purpose of kicking ass. But the greater argument, more common, Taking uh, names, yeah. however you want to word that because I'm not going to figure it out, um, had to be that the transformation was more symbolic. So like a way to reflect the warrior's fearless and ferocious nature in combat. Hmm. Pretty sure it's an option in D&D, maybe? Yeah. Uh, you can, like, they got uh, werebears, werewolves. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's something that exists in that realm. Yeah. Just think fighting in a trance-like fury. Anywho, metaphors aside, this concept dates to the Viking Age, which was roughly the late 8th century to the early 11th century, where it, berserkers, that is, appeared in sagas and poetry. Mm. You'll find more werewolf legends in medieval Europe during the Middle Ages, which spans all the way from about 500 to 14 or 1500. Oh. <laughs> And roosters, apparently. So Werewolves like and roosters. Yes. Dying roosters, very specifically. <laughs> very sad dying roosters. Were roosters. A rooster not quite prepared to be up as early <laughs> as it needed to be. <laughs> Non-coffee drinking roosters. As you might be able to guess, humans transforming into wolves during the Middle Ages was often linked to witchcraft, hearsay, and the devil. And the 12th century poem, Bees Clavray by Marie de France, is one of the earliest known werewolf stories in French lit. Marie de France. Uh, bonus, if you wade a little further out of the Middle Ages, you'll find yourself amidst the witch trials of the 16th and 17th centuries. Witch trials. Which ones? Of the yes, 16th and 17th <laughs> centuries. <laughs> Some unlucky blokes were accused of transforming into wolves during those trials, and uh, they were not celebrated for their abilities <laughs> or <laughs> battle prowess. <laughs> <laughs> Slavic and Eastern European werewolf folk legends also have medieval roots, mm. and they continue to evolve over the ensuing centuries, so like all the way up to more modern, early modern times which potentially covers a span of about the 9th to the 17th centuries. You're going to get werewolf folk legends. In some of these cases, the werewolf-like creatures were associated with shape-shifting abilities. And the term verkolok in Romanian folklore and vukolok in Serbian and Croatian folklore refer to being similar to werewolves. 
These creatures were believed to transform voluntarily or not so much into wolves and or other animals. And the legends often shared themes of like punishment, curses, and like supernatural abilities. For example, there's like a Romanian folk legend that tended toward the cursed angle with a test of virtue for like a kind-hearted and good heroine. And that sort of tale focused on like a Romanian cultural value in maintaining like the good moral compass in the face of like extreme challenges, even supernatural ones. And then an example in like Croatian folklore features like an immoral man being punished with the werewolf curse and his transformation happening on full moons and terrifying the local villagers, like just cooped up inside shivering while they're hearing him howling. Mm. And that sort of tale <laughs> emphasizes, yeah, <laughs> relatable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For only 30K. Huh. This is a college city. We understand. <laughs> This sort of tale emphasizes the consequences of wicked behavior and has more of a cautionary tone in its cultural context. So those are like a couple different examples of how they show up there. Mm. And then we have our earliest example is ancient Greek. So in ancient Greece, the concept of this eerie human transformation goes back to the myth of, I'm going to pronounce it in English and then in Greek. She's going to try to, anyway. Yeah. She's going to think about it. So in English, you might read it as Lycaon. Lycan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or in Greek, it's more accurately Lycaon. Lycan. In Greek, it's Lycaon. And since this is an ancient Greece, Greek tale, that's how we're going to pronounce it. Um, Lycaonthropy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where are the Lycaonthropies li- at? Lycanthropies. Right here, right here. This me, me, what even is that? That's a word. Meep. Meep. Just been hanging out with the cat. Just meep. Yeah. Just too much time with cats. <laughs> Unemployment has not been kind. <laughs> She's to a were cat. She's a were cat witch. Greeted witch the mailman cat. with a hiss the other day. I don't <laughs> know what's happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the the myth in question is a piece in the first book of Ovid's Metamorphosis, which mm. was written around 8 AD, Good which year. makes this the earliest documented instance of a human being transformed into a, a wolf-like creature. Video proof. Or it didn't happen. Take sure it didn't happen. Y'all are the time travelers. I don't know why you're putting that on me. I mean... Well, I've never been to 8 AD. I have, and, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of light back then, you know. But, you know, good people. Good people. A bit smelly. Yeah. But well, Lycaon was a king of Arcadia. And Arcadia! <laughs> we're going to use this myth as our story, so I'm going to skip any more spoilers about it. I am King Lycaon of Arcadia! This is Arcadia. Ovid made Jupiter, i.e. Roman Zeus, mm. his narrator. But I shall make me the narrator. That's why she gets paid. Because Zeus was not available. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want him around anyway. Yeah. A couple sacrifices later and he didn't show up, so I'm assuming <laughs> it's not coming. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like moonshine. I don't know. <laughs> I hear he's kind of handsy. Yeah, that's why, that's why I made my lover do the <laughs> sacrifices. <laughs> I ain't get my hands dirty. <laughs> no, no. I, I hear Zeus is pretty handsy. Yeah. That's also a theme for February. 
right? Non-consensual Make, love? No. <laughs> non-consensual no. love. Which is oh, what okay, YouTube Zinita. wants you to say. <laughs> You no, make your make your significant others do ritual sacrifices for Greek gods in your stead, because that shows your partner how much you love them. Mm, I read that somewhere. Through the squealing death throes of a lamb, they will be like, "Man, this is better than diamond rings." <laughs> Who Thanks needs zales when you have ritual sacrifice? Slurping Lambla through a glass <laughs> straw. <laughs> oh, Zeus did show up. <laughs> In the form of a ginger. There he is. His most evil form yet. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. I, I tell you, I've had better luck as a goose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Duck. Duck. <laughs> me. <laughs> To Lee County, we got moonshine. The Lecanian tales. Hold that Alabama thought for later. Anyway, (laughs) so King Lecown, son of Pelascus, one of the first mortals and potential offspring of Zeus himself. Sounds like a real Pelasciser. As for his mother, well, there's three potential candidates. Wait, how did they not know who the mother... I can understand not knowing who the father is, but how do they not know who the mother is? Imagine because that, Maury special. This is Greek <laughs> mythology. You are not the mother. <laughs> and lack of certainty is the bread and butter of the day. <laughs> Here, yeah. I could tell you all their names, but then I would have had to look up more pronunciations, and it doesn't really matter, so we're moving on. Pause. We can assume Pause. she was beautiful. That's that's pretty fair game. Sure. Yeah. Now. You're around back then, yeah. 8AD did have some fly bitches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't never been there, but Miles showed me some pictures. Let me tell you, bitches have them titties out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this didn't happen in 8AD. It was written about in 8AD. Oh, well, prior, even better. Prior to 8AD, they were even better. Bitches really had them titties out then. Like 1 BC, whoo! The mm, less mm, they mm. bathe, the hotter they were. Yep. <laughs> that that <laughs> one bath a month. Mm. Duck. Duck. Me. <laughs> Be fair, he shows up quite often during that one, <laughs> one bath a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, shit, she clean now? I better pop on down there. <laughs> <laughs> Cleanliness is next to godliness, <laughs> they say. <laughs> anyway, Kingly Count took after his father and that he was also known to have had many wives, including the Naiad nymphs, Selene, and Nonacris. Nonacris? No. No. No Nonacris? No Nookie Chris. She never gave it up. No Nonacris. He did it all for the Nookie, but no Nookie gave it up. (laughs) Never gave it up. This is why I don't bother with most of the names. We will call them Allie and Veronica. He also had up to 50 sons. Damn. We will not name any of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, fun callback, he was Callisto's papa. Callisto. 
do you remember who Callisto is? Kara, do you remember who Callisto is? We haven't forgot about you, Kara. Happy Galentine's. Oh, it's February again. Uh, <laughs> super callback. I didn't even intend to do that. Now, Lacone and his sons were widely known as being overly proud and impious. The gods noticed this and were not fans, Mm-mm. especially Zeus. So, the king of the gods came up with a little test for that mortal royalty. If a train leaves the station, (laughs) (laughs) an old man and an old woman are crossing the road. What do you hit first? The brakes. You should have said the brakes, you (laughs) sick, sick kid. Zeus started off with one of his favorite pastimes. Brakes. Disguise. I was going with disguise. (laughs) The the prerequisite to brakes. Zeus's disguise was human. Ah. Specifically, he took on the guise of a laborer. He moved through the kingdom of Arcadia, letting slip little signs and intimations of his divinity through miracles and blessings along the way. As the populace took notice, they naturally began to worship the stranger. But Lee Cowan wasn't as quick to buy into the hype. Right. He straight up mocked his own citizens, declaring aloud that he would test this laborer's so-called divinity. He thought it best to target the stranger's supposed omnipotence. So the king and his sons arranged a banquet and invited the divine laborer. On the menu was a child, butchered for roasting and boiling purposes. I told you, they taste the best. They're the most tender because the world has not got to them yet. Zeus told me. Who was the child? I don't, I don't know. Zeus. Um, remember how we reflected on the uncertainty of Greek <laughs> mythology? We got options. <laughs> so he, he's been named as either Nictimus. He was eaten. Why was he even given a name? He was eaten. <laughs> as a character, because um, well, mm. it matters. Okay. He was either named as Nictimus, which uh, was the youngest son of Lycaon, or as Arcos, which would be his grandson. What was the first one? He just let his kids be I, eaten? I think it's pronounced Nictimus. Nictimus. Or as Arcos, the his grandson. Um, there's also a version where it's just like a random like slave child one where it's just a random kitty kidnapped. So the idea of who was murdered specifically and their age also like reinforces that uh, sacrifice that was not permitted was a crime to the gods so like if they ask for a lamb and you give them your son <laughs> that is not <laughs> an approved exchange duck duck unapproved <laughs> in ovid's version lee Cowan and his Mystery boys McMahon, also please. intended to kill the laborer <laughs> after the dinner because tricking him into cannibalism would be enough. Oh, he made him eat his own child? No, the... Because that's twisted. That sounds like something a deity would do. The king was trying to make the deity, who he didn't know was Zeus, but is someone like divine, he was trying to trick him into eating his own child. Like, he just sacrificed his own child for the the joke. Ha! You ate my kid! (laughs) Joke's on you. Wait, my kid. Oh, oh man. 
Zeus is uh Zeus. So he he did know. Yeah. He sensed the ick and the universal crime on his dinner plate. And he ate it anyway. He did not. He said, it's about time somebody cooks something worthwhile. <laughs> he flew into a rage, driven mostly by deep disgust, and he flipped the table. Oh, like baby. Jesus. Ugh, not a baby. Like Ugh. Jesus when, when they introduced capitalism <laughs> to the temple. Non-consensual lovemaking, <laughs> that's one thing. But eating babies... <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Zeus out. After flipping the table, Zeus promptly punished all of Arcadian royalty involved. Punishment upon all of you. Lightning struck down all of Lycaon's sons, and as their father fled the palace, Zeus transformed him into a snarling wolf via special extra magical thunderbolt. Here you go. I don't know how this works, but... uh. Pikachu used. (laughs) Ovid's version in particular also makes this punishment impermanent. Should Lycaon abstain from consuming human flesh for nine years, he would be able to return to his human form. Well, that doesn't sound like it would be very hard. Mm. Oh, but he's a wolf now, so... Oh, oh, oh! He's also a bit of a psychopath. (laughs) However... Aren't all Lycaonians... (laughs) However, if he did taste human flesh, then his wolf form would be a lifelong commitment, and he wouldn't even have to put a ring on it. And thus, the first werewolf came to be. Came where? To be. Dub, dub, wolf, am I right? (laughs) The only surviving successor to the throne winds up being the child that was sacrificed. The gods resurrected the poor boy, whether it was the son, Nictimus, <laughs> But his meat was all chewed up and no, he was no, disassembled they, and no. still looked like he was cooked. No. <laughs> They're just like, put the soul back in. That's all we could do. They don't have insurance. No, 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 no. Or his grandson, <laughs> Arcos. But before we celebrate, uh, his rule may have been kind but of short But before short-lived. we celebrate and dig into this baby. No. <laughs> But before we celebrate, his rule would be short-lived. This generation might be the one that got wiped out by Zeus and his summoning of the Great Deluge, a.k.a. the Greek flood story. Humankind in general seemed pretty shitty in addition to being impious, even aside from Lycaon. So yeah, I guess the first werewolf wouldn't have lasted too long either. So it drowned yeah, with the unicorns. It drowned with the unicorns and dinosaurs mm, and mm, everybody mm. else that didn't make it onto Noah's Ark. Tragic. Alternatively, Zeus may have used a smaller flood to wipe out just Lee Count's heirs instead of using lightning. <laughs> um, in this case, the council <laughs> it's of... just, they all have Isolated. their individual <laughs> rain clouds over them. <laughs> I'll have individual rain clouds over them in some trance that makes them look up like chickens and drown. That'll teach you. In this case, a council of gods investigated the matter and pushed for the punishment of the few instead of the many, <laughs> revealing that not all mortals were the issue. There we go. I like that. Nictimus was then fair. resurrected yeah. by Hermes only after the waters The receded. outer space potato man. Mm-hmm. Lycaon epitomizes wickedness and hubris in humanity. Mm-hmm. He set out to test the limits of the gods, 
and his punishment serves as a warning about respecting moral authority or alternatively about not fucking murdering kids mm. i mean i it seems like pretty cool power to have just to to uh, to me but you know i don't know i'm not sure his wives stayed on board he probably lost his harem along the way all right that's fine i didn't sign up to be no furry get out of here <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh And skin. Mm. I feel like I want to risk a little bit of lime because it was already really sweet and it just kept it really, really sweet, which is the real sweet. And keep it real. Yeah. Keeping it real. Oh, now that is interesting. It's like a whole different drink now. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I got two drinks in one, (laughs) y'all. Would buy again. 100%. Smoothies. We right. got moonshine. We got upgraded moonshine. <laughs> Literally. Like, it's, it's got, like, a whole new kick to it, I mm-hmm. feel like. Yeah, and it didn't take much. Yeah. So. And I don't mean, like, oh, I'm feeling it, new kick. I mean, like. I mean, like, a mule kicked me in the fucking <laughs> face, and now I've got to go to a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> All right. Now. So, in, in the case. Okay. Now, in the case of three-month-old boiled baby, anyway, <laughs> versus the state, Zeus, you are not the father. I also found in my research another question posed by Lee Kown's transformation revolving around the relationship between human nature and our base animal instincts. But I posit, no. Sacrificing a child to test someone blessed or in disguise of a god is not a base human instinct. (laughs) That's like watching Five Nights and being like, that spring trap is pretty relatable. (laughs) Like, no. No, that wasn't what you were supposed to take away from this. But it is. Yeah, as long as you get a message from it. You know, that's all that matters. We can't tell you what to learn from what, what... you know, we tell you. Here, here. Drink and learn a lesson, whatever that lesson is. Speaking of psychopaths, this myth likely influenced later European werewolf legends that emerged in medieval times. It's pronounced European. Mm. Such as I read that somewhere. the Germanic tale from Bedburg. Which shall Bed be bugs. our mm. second tale, because that first one was rather short. The three little pigs no. and a werewolf. <laughs> The Werewolf of Bedburg is a 16th century story considered to be more of a historical account than folklore. Mm. So meaning it could have actually happened? Historical? Yep. There are pamphlets about it. Neat. They're probably not super accurate, but that's not what we're here to debate. I'm here to tell a story. (laughs) Let us travel from 8 AD into the future and to Germany. Fast forward. But not too far, just to the rural community of Bedburg in Cologne. The year is 1582. Good year. Now, important to note and to set the atmosphere for our... Blah, blah, blah. Important to note and to set the atmosphere of our scene 
Catholicism and Protestantism were fighting for the prominent place in the greater populace's hearts and minds. And by fighting, I do mean war. Because there's no better way to spread love so than war. Spreading your le- war. War. He just reminded me of in Hamilton, the king's line, when he's like singing to the, the colonies. And at one point he's like, and I'll send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Da 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 da. It's like. I will kill your friends and family to, to remind, remind you of, of my, my love. love. He says that too. It's not Miles being creative, that is from the song. I don't know the words. That's a good Creativity. soundtrack. Anyway. <clears throat> Invading armies from both faiths fell upon Bedford. Local communities also had to deal with outbreaks of the Black Plague, which is definitely easier to cope with when you're told that your religious depravity has anything to do with your illness and the subsequent deaths of your loved ones. Simpler times. Yep. Mm. (laughs) Fear of witches would also not be out of place at the time. In addition to all this turmoil, for many years, the farmers around Bedburg were mystified by inexplicable deaths of local cattle. I don't know why I just thought about <laughs> Duckburg with... Uh, <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah. Every day we're out there murdering cattle. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. No. I'm not vegan. Fuck those cows. Yeah, Duckburg. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Dead cows would be found quite frequently ripped open, as if by a savage beast. Dun, dun, dun! Well, you did say Catholics were involved, so. Woo! True. True. So the first suspect <laughs> was wolves, Zeus obviously. The old so goose. rural community. Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always some dinosaurs. They believe, oh, so they believe in witches, but dinosaurs are out of the realm of possibility. I mean, let's be fair. Anyway. (laughs) If only it ended there. Except that would make our tale short and boring. Anywho, the disappearance of children was a marked and unwelcome change to the apparent animal attacks on livestock. Animal attacks. Plus, young women were vanishing entirely from their day-to-day errands and regular paths around the community. That's all there were were young women. Everybody died at 30 or less back then. Yeah, children and young women. So those who have not at puberty and those who have. (laughs) Some of the missing were rediscovered later, but uh, not alive. They were horribly mutilated. By the Catholics. Maybe. Or the Protestants. Maybe. So obviously, this creates a bit more panic than the cows alone did. Sorry, vegans. No one cared. Until it was people. Nobody cared. Ravenous wolves are still the only sensible suspect, so villagers armed themselves to fight them. Um, There's uh, some accounts that say they even formed, like, patrols, stuff like that. Although, some suspected a creature far more devious and deadly than even a wild wolf pack. Mankind. A werewolf could be oh. among them. Unsuspected as man, only to transform later and sow chaos and murder. Am I the only one picturing these werewolves transforming like a Sailor Moon transformation? 
probably. Not anymore, though. Instead of glitter, it's just blood dripping from their talons. <laughs> strike a pose. AI hey, could give one. us that if we really wanted. <laughs> hey, I'm down. One faithful night even saw a triple murder. Oh. Two men and a woman were taking a walk just outside the city walls of Bedburg. Little did they mm, know what they were going to be doing. A murderous soul crouched out of sight behind some brush. Inexplicably, this soul called out for help, a disembodied voice to the three young people walking along. Probably just needed some TP. He was mm. taking a dump in them bushes. Excuse me. <laughs> help. Excuse me. What do y'all can, can can what do y'all lend me your shirt? <laughs> oh no. My next line. Your tunic. A robe. Is that the voice needed help with a load of lumber? See? (laughs) See? That voice needed help with a load. I didn't realize those were the kind of logs he was dropping. You're welcome. The gift of foresight. I thought you were about to say the gift of foreskin. And I was like, how does that tie in? That's not where the poop comes (laughs) from. You're doing it wrong, bro. You're doing it wrong. You need to see a doctor. (laughs) One of the young men dutifully rushed off to help. His reward for this was having his head bashed in. Oh, good. When the first young man didn't return, the second followed after to investigate. Oh, these were definitely teens. (laughs) And they also died out of sight. And it was then that the woman's danger signals finally started blaring. (laughs) And she turned to run and flee. Only then. She heard the voices of the people watching her movie scream at her to run, and she was like, oh, shit, probably should <laughs> Alas, uh, she didn't make it, and she was never found. Only the battered bodies of her two companions pointed to the tragic demise of all three. At least one child, though regrettably not many more, managed to escape. This instance began with several children playing together in a meadow among the cows. A blur of bipedal wolf fur ran at them suddenly, grabbing a small girl by her neck. Get over here! As the other children fled, the beast struggled to rip the child's throat out. (laughs) (laughs) What what kind of beast would struggle to rip out a child's throat? I'm so So, The girl's stiff, high collar, and what I'm sure was not a hideous dress, was an <laughs> undone. <laughs> Just throwing shade at a victim. Well, she must, right. <laughs> she must have been Protestant if she's covered like that. Or Catholic. Or Catholic, that's true. It could have been either. It was an unanticipated obstacle, and because of that delay, she was able to cry out. When she cried out for help, she startled the surrounding cattle, and they reacted in fear for the their folk? nearby cattle, like the small <coughs> offspring, and then charged at the beast. Mm-mm. So the girl survived <laughs> only because the beast was forced to release her and flee from a cow mob that she summoned with her cries. <laughs> cow flash mob. <laughs> if there was ever a reason to continue to wear uh, ugly clothes. Damn you and your strong ass neck, little girl. <laughs> Runs off into the night. She becomes a, a <laughs> fucking vigilante. I am cowgirl. They call me strong neck cowgirl. <laughs> it's a lengthy name, but it's necessary. 
She doesn't care if other women show their ankles. She's like, look, just cover just up your cover neck. Your <laughs> protect your neck like the Wu. <laughs> protect, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> protect your neck. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Editing for us. They listen. Yeah, because we have so many children that listen. That's right. Protecting oh, God, their I hope not. Little throats. When the limbs <coughs> belonging to several missing persons were yeah, found please. in a field, <laughs> the villagers felt absolutely convinced that a ravenous wolf was responsible. Mm-hmm. So hunters formed a posse, and they an set insane out insane clown posse. <laughs> no, come on, you juggalos, <laughs> <laughs> let's get out. <laughs> and whoop, set whoop. out <laughs> with their dogs to pursue the hey, predator. <laughs> Pursue this predator. <laughs> 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 Who's going chicken hunting? We's going chicken hunting. Cut a motherfucking chicken down, right? I hate you. And so the men hunted the creature for consecutive days. They remained vigilant, and at last. They caught sight of the beast. Why is that funny? I'm just thinking of all of it. Don't get your ass out of the way, cause here we come. <laughs> just thinking about oh. a bunch of jugglers with their faces <laughs> painted in the 1500s, <laughs> wearing them ugly ass clothes. <laughs> no, they're like black and white ugly clothes. Too. Oh my god. You said black and white, ugly clothes, and because of the time period, I just thought of pilgrims. (laughs) I mean. Pilgrims, the first juggalos. (laughs) Only on Netflix. Gather around for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Can I please get a (laughs) whoop-whoop of thanks for this meal we're about to consume? (laughs) (laughs) Whoop-whoop. Everybody's like bowing their heads. (laughs) Whoop-whoop. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, they saw the beast, <laughs> and the men and their dogs chased it down, and they were surprised to find themselves pursuing something bipedal. Could it be a lycanthropic creature after all? The dogs led the chase and cornered their prey, yet the hunters found cowering and afraid Peter Stubb, local wealthy farmer. Insane wolf posse, let's get <laughs> What the? Peter, what are you doing over here? <laughs> I'm so frightened. His reputation was, quote, pleasant enough, unquote. Good enough. A widower and a father of two adolescents. Hmm. However, his affluence afforded him respect and influence. A lot of SAT words, y'all. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you have to pull over and Google them. I'm sorry. Our, our viewers probably aren't the brightest. Because <laughs> they're <laughs> listeners. Because <laughs> they're Cause listeners. They <laughs> I was like, if they're still trying to view us. <laughs> this broadcast is really hard to watch. Can't see nobody. Good audio, though. I'll give them that much. I've been pulled over and Googled them five times. I can't see nothing. Who calls their audience idiots? (laughs) Oh, dragons. (laughs) Oh, Oh, heavens. Okay. Naturally, the hunters were stunned by disbelief. 
This man was one of their own. He was respectable. He had money even. Could he be a werewolf? No. The idea was absurd. This all could be a trick played by the devil. Hate them tricks. So the hunter initially escorted Stubb to his own home in order to determine that he was indeed the Peter Stubb that they all knew and trusted. Mm -hmm. After that was certain, and they could deny it no longer, Peter Stubb was arrested and tried for his crimes. In one version, Stubb is arrested only after a local farmer fights with the wolf and cuts off its left paw with a sword. When the farmer later encounters Stubb, he sees that he's missing his left hand, and they put it together I, that way Did instead. he get his name Stubb because he got his arm shot? I off? wondered, but no. Because it's kind of weird that they called him Stubbs before he got his arm chopped off. It's, his last name is S-T-U-B-B-E. Well, did he have both his feet? I don't know. I presume. It's a terrible last name. Well, it's not his only name. There's a bunch of different versions. He I had multiple last names? <laughs> History thinks then how so. Were they both la how were they all last names? <laughs> History says that he might have been like, Stamp or stamp or those are bad names too. I don't know. <laughs> There's a bunch. I went with the first one I found. I like stubs better than stamps. What's he work for the post office? <sighs> so the werewolf bit was actually pretty close to the truth. Peter Stubb may not have arguably <laughs> and literally transformed into a wolf, but he did don a wolf skin while prowling the streets of his home community of Bedburg. <laughs> now, Stubb was caught and put on trial. Though he predated the Warren's historical The Devil Made Me Do It defense. Mm. He was actually the first one. And if you don't know what I'm referencing, in 1981 in Brookfield, Connecticut, the Devil Made Me Do It case drew national attention when a 19-year-old defendant, Arne Johnson, attempted to deny responsibility for killing his landlord based on claims of possession. The Warrens were involved. There's a movie about it. It's not very accurate. It's amazing you pulled all that from your head without even reading it. I yeah. know. I'm amazing. You so smart. Or a witch. And to get back on topic, mm. only under the threat, the threat, mind you, of pain of torture, did Stubb begin to confess his crime? By some accounts, he only made it, like, to the rack before voluntarily just giving up. They went to a rack? <laughs> the rack, like the torture device. The rock. But Stubb did claim that the devil gave him a magic belt of wolf fur when he was just 12 years oh, old. Oh, I think I've heard this story. It's called the devil gives Prada. Like the Prada. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> When worn, the belt transformed him into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like brands of fire. Romance for February. A mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. And then, you know, removing it would return him to his human form. Removing the, the belt. belt. Okay. The wolf belt. All right. <clears throat> now, George Bors would, who is one of the people that made like these, who was like, aware uh, pig like, graphic <laughs> pamphlets. No, he made like pamphlets with like 
quote-unquote historical accounts, but he leaned really heavily into the supernatural, so grain of salt. He would later claim that when the dogs cornered Stubb and he saw that he could not escape, that that's when he actually removed his magic belt and transformed back into a human, like, in front of the hunting party. But the hunters on the original scene hadn't seen any sign of that magic belt, only an ordinary walking stick that Peter was carrying. Question. Shoot. So if he could control when he transforms, like, why would he... Do it in front of him. Right. Because he saw there was no way to escape, <clears throat> so it was like, but, uh, but don't, he, don't tear me to pieces in this form with your like weapons and hunting dogs. I'll just reveal myself and you can take me to But trial. if he was large and strong and devourous, then he could have just killed everybody. Yeah. Maybe. He didn't make a very good werewolf. No. <laughs> like, why even put the belt on in the first place? Right. Like, <laughs> you seem like a good dude. Oh, wait. I don't have to kill people? Because. <laughs> I'm just going to hang this in the closet. To quote <laughs> you, the devil gives Prada and you don't <laughs> look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> Peter Stubb was a deranged serial killer by oh. technical definition, as he definitely hit the typical threshold of three or more murders committed over a month's time. At bare minimum, he was responsible for the death of 13 children, two pregnant women, and numerous livestock. So 15 children and two women. Oh, there mm. you go. Among his victims, we know these facts. I'm going to reiterate the content warning now. Hold on. Can you say that one more time? Among his victims. Reiterate. We, oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so the content warning. Again, this is much more this graphic than we usually story. get because we don't do true crime, yet here we are. The young women were sexually assaulted before being torn apart. Oh. For the pregnant women, Stubb ripped the fetuses from their wombs and ate their hearts panting hot and raw, which he later described as dainty morsels. <laughs> That's not the only thing that's been called a dainty morsel. Small children were <laughs> strangled, bludgeoned, and oh. had their throats ripped open, and the last being done with Stubb's bare hands. Some of the children were found disemboweled and partially eaten. Unless they had some strong-ass collars on their shirts yep. or dresses. Let that be a lesson. Lambs and calves were likewise ripped apart and devoured raw. Unless they had some strong I'm collars. I'm telling you, on. that <laughs> juggalo gathering gets wild. I'm telling you. They don't know when to stop. That gathering. Whew. Stubb was found guilty of that triple homicide that I mentioned earlier. While the woman's body was never found, the citizens of Bedburg believed that Stubb after assaulting and killing her, might have eaten her. Stubb was, unsurprisingly, a complete monster, even with his own family. Sounds like it. <clears throat> Stubb had incestuous relationships with his sister and his own daughter, whom he impregnated. Heaven. He also murdered his son, specifically his firstborn. He led the poor boy into the forest, killed him, and then apparently ate his brains. And that's probably why the devil offered him a belt yeah. up that could turn him into a wolf. Because he was like, look, man, I'm having a hard time eating these people. So can you do something about that? And the devil's like, sure, man, sure. Uh, here's a belt. 
<laughs> turns you into a werewolf. It's like the fuck's a werewolf? It it just means you're a person you'll now. Find out. But if you put the belt on, you you'll turn into a bipedal wolf. Yeah, stronger, faster. But be careful. The wolf's natural enemy is a herd of juggalos. In the damnable life and death of <laughs> Stub Peter, written just two years after Stubb's trial, George Bors wrote, quote, and sundry times he would go through the streets in comely habit and very civilly, as one well known to all the inhabitants thereabout, and oftentimes was he saluted of those whose friends and children he had butchered, though nothing suspected for the same. So that's, you know, typical psychopathic serial killer disturbing shit. Did you say he was saluted? Like, waved to... Oh, like, he greeted. did that to them. Yeah, like he was being greeted and like Thank you, I wanted that child gone. <laughs> Thanks no. for, thank you for your service, <laughs> sir. <sighs> Keeping this town's population even. Not too much, not too little. Thank you. I mean, you. If, if not for you and the pestilence and the war we were going through, I don't know where we'd be. I mean, you, you're doing a lot of killing to kind of keep the numbers down, but you're procreating with your family members to keep our numbers up. It's a little confusing, sir, but thank you for your service. Stubb may have thought himself invincible through the power of his magic belt, yet it was in his arrogance that ended his reign of terror. Hubris. A bit about torture has led to historical speculation that Stubb was, in fact, innocent. Because we all know how well torture works. Was he himself a victim of superstition driven by religious war? Yes. Did conspirators controlling his fate determine that the fear inspired by a demonic werewolf might lead people back to the true church? He probably mm. had dirt on the church. Mm. Yeah, he was framed. Maybe. Call that man a picture because he was framed. If he was going <laughs> to keep dirt, he should have waited till a technological error where he could have released it anyway like a kill switch. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of that debate, historically Stubb was found guilty on October 28th, 1589, and his execution wasn't pretty. They strapped his body spread eagle on a large wheel, then executioners used red-hot pincers to pull his flesh from his bones in precisely ten different spots, and while still alive, his arms and legs were broken using a large axe. Then at the very end, and to serve as the final killing blow, his head was cut off. We don't stop there, though. On October 31st, Peter Stubbs' body, along with his daughter and his mistress, both of whom were convicted of abetting his crimes, were burned at the stake. As a warning to all would-be devil worshippers, the magistrate ordered that Stubbs' wheel of torture was propped high on a pole from which also hung 16-yard-long strips of wood to represent his confirmed victims. Mm. Above the wheel, they framed the likeness of a wolf. And above that, at the very tip of the pole, was Peter Stubbs' severed head. Mm. Whoop, whoop! (laughs) Them juggalos were hard on that man. But I did, I did find, and maybe I can share a picture of it on our social. <laughs> Let me just check Insta real quick, see what's on. Okay, Mary had her baby. That's so cute. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is that a head on a spike, on a wheel, on a wolf, on a <laughs> <No>. <laughs> entrails? 
dripping off. It's a photograph by the British Library of a printed account of his trial. Basically, the story was sensationalized. So there were these pamphlets and like printed accounts and like pictographs and shit of this of this story. One of the ones that survived was a 16-page illustrated pamphlet published in London, England in 19 or er, in 1590. And um so in this version he's called Stubb, which is why I use that name. Mm-hmm. But um other sources I found called him Stump. Which is the, I remembered a stamp for some reason. Um but yeah, it's it's in old English and it says basically uh, a true discourse declaring the damnable life and death of one Stub Peter, a most wicked sorcerer who in the I likeness a of Peter. a wolf <laughs> committed many murders, continuing his practice for twenty five his devilish practice for twenty five years killing and devouring men women and children at least he didn't discriminate very progressive who for the same fact was taken and executed Mm. the 31st of october in the town of bedburg near the city of colin in germany bedburg so uh that was just a cool historical image i found but yeah so um that was the really light story I wanted to end on for hashtag romance. <laughs> yeah. It is very romantic. Uh, yeah, it is very romantic. But anyway, that's that's more historical. As I said, like um, it was clearly can't have passion without murder. Uh, popularized can't cook what you can't catch. and it mm-hmm. was a sensationalized passion. story with a lot of supernatural elements thrown in, and it had a lot of potential political motivations for making a random man a scapegoat. He could have just been a deranged potentially schizophrenic serial killer um he could but have been an innocent person he could have been innocent um the missing bodies could have been associated to the war um the religious war going mm-hmm. on they and they just been, needed a scapegoat could have been animals. and again like saying like you know this guy was demonic which means you need to follow us because only the church can protect your asses and mm. stuff like that like there there's reason to believe that but technically this is history Werewolves in history, you're welcome. Werewolves in history. Leave me alone. In Bedburg. Whoop, whoop. Cletus requested a werewolf theme, so hopefully I satisfied. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I had a good time, a grand old time. (laughs) You love hearing about dead, innocent people. (laughs) I thought, is there only going to be one dead child? (laughs) And then I got 13 more. What a treat! <laughs> and a f- couple of them were eaten. <laughs> um, num, 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 Out num. of nowhere. Delicioso. <laughs> In Germany. <laughs> Lecker. In German. Lecker. Lecker. That's not fun to say. Delicious. Lecker. All right. Well, what what did we learn today? <laughs> Don't eat babies. I know that much. The Bedburg. Good lesson. Didn't feel like we needed to emphasize. <laughs> <laughs> Bedburg juggalos be hunting wolves. Mm, mm-hmm. And in Greece? In Greece? Duck. Well, Duck. for all, uh, what I learned on the first Yee. story is for all of his faults, at least Zeus doesn't eat babies. Oh, hell no. That is true. We finally found a, a silver lining. <laughs> a silver lining. 
eat a damn baby. We didn't even have to explore more than five Greek myths to finally find Zeus's singular silver lining, which is that he does not support the sacrifice and consumption of children. Now, you all know I've done a lot of things in my life. I've had some ups, I've had some downs. And then a lot more downs and a lot more downs and just, just a lot of downs. There's been a lot of downs. But one thing I won't do is eat a damn baby. Is there anything you guys would like to add? I don't know. Well, I think it's important that we learn that this moonshine was a hit. Ow. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> it was a struggle. Ow. And <laughs> none of us condone the eating of babies. No. Oh, hell no. Yeah. No. I feel like it goes without saying, or, but or, yeah, let's or, say it. Or, in Save con- the baby. or unconsensual lovemaking. Yeah. Not that either. Mm-mm. Do better, everybody who's doing that. I also mm-hmm. feel like maybe you shouldn't sleep with your sister and impregnate your wife. A fetish is a fetish. Wait. Especially if you're not also killing people you on the side. You shouldn't impregnate your wife? Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, I meant daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's evil. No. Catholicism <laughs> specifically <laughs> speaks against. Only booty hole sex. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> the Christians hate when you wait until marriage to have babies. <laughs> You're not homeless. Bastards are much easier Bastard. to recruit for the war effort. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have many other options. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and many like it, feel free to sponsor us <laughs> by sending us some kind of whiskey or bourbon or, or moonshine or moonshine at a P.O. box that doesn't exist <laughs> or alcohol. Just log on and email us some whiskey and we will appreciate it. Because I swear to God, if I just get emails with pictures of whiskey <laughs> bottles, no, like some actual we can consume whiskey because it's hard bringing this content. It doesn't seem like it. We make it seem easy, like we just show up and sit down and start drinking and just say what's on our mind. But that's not what goes into this. Only two of the three of us <laughs> do that. It's a lot of hard work involved. And then we're here too. So. Sometimes Ella tries to talk about her feelings before we start recording. It's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just holding the bottle like we can't get a drink till she shuts up. (laughs) (laughs) But we appreciate you guys, and we're glad to be back from our break. A little hiatus. Yeah, sorry I called you stupid. That was uh, Dragon Queen Bourbon. Oh, well. And to all my juggalos and juggalettes out there, <laughs> whoop, whoop. That's right. To all our Dragon Wu-Tang players, protect your neck. Everybody out there dying in Bedford. Woo! Woo.
Kara Conlin and uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our lady of the show. <laughs> Good thing we're not on camera. It's like a booger just shot out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm having a rough week. I got duck. a cold sore. <laughs> duck. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Not that rough. <laughs> <laughs> Original music by Maria Vincent and art by Something by LP. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ddb.podcast. You may also email us at dragonsdrinkbourbon at gmail.com. People like it when we're unprofessional. <laughs> if they didn't, they wouldn't listen. Yeah, shit happens, y'all know. <laughs>